It's a long tradition. The New York Times may have published the first bar joke in 1952. A man walks into a bar, or three folks walk into a bar, and something happens. In this case, three jazz lovers walk into their favorite bar, the Deerhead Inn, and something happens. They imagine what it would be like to take jazz to the streets. No joke. 43 years later, the celebration of the arts in Delaware Water Gap has become known around the world as a preeminent gathering of jazz performance in a festival setting each year. The great saxophonist Phil Woods could be quite a jokester, so when he sat down in 2014 to write a letter to one of his co-founders, Ed Joubert, who was no longer among us, Phil would naturally begin with a joke. Dear Ed, old friend, we miss you. It has been ages since we spoke, and I wanted to fill you in on the gap. Sorry, I couldn't resist. Ed, would you believe that it has been 29 years since we started the Celebration of the Arts? Amazing. It seems like only yesterday when you, Rick Chamberlain, and I looked at the array of talented jazz musicians lined up on the Deerhead Inn bandstand waiting to jam. There were so many, they were spilling out through the screen door behind the piano, and the porch looked like the IRT at rush hour. And when the fateful words were uttered, I forget by whom, we could have a hell of a festival if we moved it outside. So the next year we did, and a hell of a festival it has become. Our local artists, many with international credentials, measure their yearly artistic growth by this local Rosetta Stone, they always bring their best dishes to our lavish artistic table. Every year, some friends are lost, and we all move up a little closer to the head of the line, richer for having known and loved them. Our most important work goes well. I know how much you value young people, like the time you put a chair in the middle of Main Street to slow down the nuts that speed through our town and endanger everyone. You would be proud of the work that Pat Dorian does with the young musicians who enliven our lives and area. The Coda Cats are not only an integral part of our program, they are the keystone of our community. Our growth can also be measured in the amount of snow fence that we have accumulated through the years. Bob Lair loves discussing snow fence at meetings. Anyway, we now have enough to seal both the Mexican and Canadian borders. I sleep better knowing this. Some folks still don't have a clue as to what is going on here. Some quarters hold that the committee is getting rich from the festival. Oh, I know, I can always use the hundred bucks I get for performing. The other day, someone asked why the same groups appear year after year. I told her it was because they lived here and were festival supporters, a requisite to performing here. She was surprised at this. Strange. It's been 28 years, and some are still waiting for Kenny G. Stay well, old friend, and enjoy your new company. I'll keep you posted on the Coda Cats 28th. That should be a hell of a party. Phil Woods. P.S. Wherever you are, please lobby for good weather. Phil Woods, the legendary jazz saxophonist, co-founder of the Delaware Water Gap Celebration of the Arts, writing a letter to another co-founder, the late Ed Joubert. And as it happens, Phil Woods passed away in September, a year after writing that letter. The third co-founder, 
Rick Chamberlain had just died in March of that year. And yet, what they imagined and brought into being continues. This Saturday, the 43rd annual Celebration of the Arts will open in Delaware Water Gap and continue through Sunday night. It turns out that Bill Goodwin, the esteemed jazz drummer, Grammy Award winner, was at the bar at the Deerhead Inn, standing next to his three friends when they were dreaming up a jazz festival. He is the longtime scheduler, that's the term he uses, of the Coda Festival. And we had a chance to speak with him by phone about the history of the event and the postscript from Phil Wood's letter to Jobert. P.S. Wherever you are, please lobby for good weather. Rain, rain has been our nemesis from the beginning. We tried to ameliorate that by having, you know, a tent set up in the back so that we could flip, flip the stage around and perform into the tent. But a lot of people would just go home. If we had, you know, a thousand people, like 700 of them would go home. Uh, I always liked playing under the tent, but it wasn't very profitable in terms of the gate. But it's just, the, you know, the weather is the weather. We're going to have nice weather this weekend, so I'm happy about that. You did play some music last year, you all played, but it was sort of sequential, wasn't it? We didn't have an official festival. We did some presentations at the Deerhead Inn. We did that last year, and we've uh, done some this year as well. It's like a monthly uh, CODA presents at the Deerhead Inn and had you know representative groups that might have played or would play, be asked to play at the festival, performed at the Deerhead. For, and uh, the festival, I mean, we had funds. So we didn't have a venue, essentially, because we couldn't really put on a you know, big event like we're doing this year. So last year was the only year that we've ever, we've ever postponed or called it off. And uh, this year we're coming back with a slightly smaller program, a less ambitious presentation. But everybody on the board, including myself, felt that it was time to come back and there was definitely a popular demand for it. I've quoted Phil Woods to you in the past, but I remember doing an interview with him and he talked about it, the Coda Festival, in terms of being like a family reunion or a community party where you all get to see each other when you're working out and about around the world and and around the country. And it's nice to have everybody come together in terms of the musicians and I'm sure the audience too. Is that something that characterizes CODA and therefore you really missed it last year, that part of it? Well, to me, that is what it's all about. I agree with Phil completely about that. I can remember being in the past, being on the stage and looking out in the audience and seeing uh, half of the people in the audience I actually knew by name. (laughs) That was pretty amazing. Uh, Yeah, like a big block party. I mean, it literally started as a kind of guys going out, let's go out in the street and play for free on a a Saturday afternoon. That's how it started in, uh, what, 79, whenever the first one was, 78, 79. Had a piano on wheels, had a riser, put the drums on a riser. We had... You know, a couple of bands, uh, local bands, and we played for free. And uh, a couple of hundred people showed up, and it was just, you know, like a hang in the street. And then as uh, we got more, we said, well, this this went well. Let's you know, get more serious about it. And eventually we ended up with the permanent stage and, you know, more ambitious programming and so forth. But it got to be got to be a little overwhelming. With, you know, we used to do it by uh, submission. People would submit their uh, requests to play. First, it was a free gig, then it was a $50 gig, then it was a $75 gig, and now we're all up to, up to 100 and a quarter. And everybody makes the same money. It doesn't matter who you are or if you're invited to play. You know, we had to start inviting because uh, so many people were submitting too many hard feelings. So we just, we just started inviting. And those uh, still hard feelings, but less. <laughs> 
Is it like planning a set where you have different styles and different people and the big band and then you have a trio like a piece of music would breathe? You have different people at different times and so there's a good palette. Well, you try to keep that in mind. You know, I've produced a lot of records and I'm always thinking about tonality, uh, key, feeling, mood, you know, tempo and so forth. And uh, I essentially am at this point been the uh, scheduling director for the festival for years. And uh, it comes down to, uh, who can I get? When can they come? Because, you know, it's not a big gig. I mean, I've had to miss it personally when I had gigs, you know, that paid a lot of money. It was, you know, I had to make a living. But uh, generally speaking, it's just, we don't even call it a fee, really. It's an honorarium. So uh, people come, they want to play, they don't mind playing for 125 bucks, and they can play good, and they have a connection to the community. And uh, then it's just a matter of who's available when, and there are certain Certain givens, in other words, when we still had the founders, we'd always do something with Phil if he was available. We'd always do something with Al Cohn if he was available, Rick Chamberlain, with this band or band, whatever he wanted to do. Uh, I was in that category, uh, Bob Durow, and uh, we have very few of those left now. I myself am not playing on the main stage or any of the main events. I'm running the jam sessions both nights at the Deerhead. Isn't that a tradition that you finish up that way? Uh, yeah, yeah, but it's uh, just a more more formal part of the program now. We always end up at the Deerhead anyway, but now we're, you know, you know CODA's basically presented. We were doing CODA stuff. We presented the Deerhead. So the Deerhead is, isn't hiring us. You know, we're hiring the musicians and then clearing it through the Deerhead and presenting at the Deerhead. Everybody seems happy with the arrangement. And you all have had a continual interest in making sure the tradition is passed on to young musicians. I don't know how you're handling that this time. It's so fraught with COVID and everything. But you've always had the Code of Cats and camp and all those things to help develop the next generation. Unfortunately, we haven't been able to do the camp in the last couple of years. And the Code of Cats is really difficult because of the school schedules. And finding someone to take charge of it has been a challenge. So that, that's not happening this year. But we do have some younger musicians. Because everybody seems younger to me. I'm almost 80, so, you know. <laughs> we have a young group opening on Sunday, and they're all, like, uh, young players who have come up kind of through our, not our system, but, you know, through the Coda Cats and through uh, residing in this area, being mentored by uh, the uh, older musicians. And then we have people that have come through our, our mentoring and moved to other places, and they'll come back to play. And we'll have the big band this year. That's uh, sort of by acclamation. You've got to have the big band. Everybody loves that. And, uh, you know, and that's Mad Fashion who came up through the Coda Cats. Mm-hmm. Evan Greger was a Coda Cat. He plays bass in the big band. In the past, we've had Nellie Mackay. Nellie came up in the Coda Cats when she was in high school. You know, and so forth and so on. So uh, this year, Dan Wilkins has his group. He's, of course, played with his dad, Skip, before. But now he has his own group, and he writes all the music for it. It's got some wonderful musicians in it, both older and younger. We have a recent uh, recent resident of their general area, which is the great drummer Adam Nussbaum, who moved out to Easton from New York last year. So he's involved uh, with his group. And then we have Nancy and Spencer. Uh, over this year, we're getting uh, we got uh, Regina Sales to come and play, which I'm thrilled about. I've been trying to get her for years. She's like a folk folk pop singer, plays guitar. She's really, really wonderful and a fan for years. So she's going to come and play and actually bring a little group. She usually plays solo. Uh, so there's interesting stuff going on and pretty much kind of the same, but a little bit different. 
And so we come, as we always do, to the festival, and it's Saturday and Sunday, and we'll find you where? On the main stage that we are used to? The main festival will be held at, on the main stage starting at noon both days. It'll be five bands each day, and then it will continue into the, in the evening at the Deerhead. It'll be a solo performer at 6, followed by a band performance at uh, 7.30, followed by the jam at about 9.30. You know, we didn't want to go wild. To my way of thinking, we've been really crammed it in in a way that's more uh, reminiscent to what I call the real jazz festivals like Playboy or Newport or one of those where, you know, they have uh, so many things going on that it's, you know, it can be managed, but I've never found that to be very satisfying as an attendee. As a musician, those are good paying gigs, so I'm all for them. But, you know, there's a, there's a subtle difference. Now, this year we have the added specter of the possible COVID and, you know, I don't know how many people, we're not requiring mask mandates. We're requiring good sense and people to be considerate of others. And most, you know, 95% will be, but then uh, that other 5%, you never know. You're out of doors mostly, so that's a big plus. And we've been playing indoors at the Deerhead now on on and off for uh, a couple of months, two or three months, and it's been going okay. It does seem that we are hungry for live music. Not only that, but hungry to be together and share that musical experience. Sure. I mean, that's what it's all about. I mean, music and I think jazz in particular always has this great social aspect to it. I remember being very attracted to the music and to the, the venue, the circumstances. You know, when I was starting out to play in Los Angeles, to be in a to be in a club with a bunch of people hearing uh, hearing some great music and, and it was like a big party. I mean, you know, then I found that I could actually do that for a living and just get paid to be a part of the party, you know, what a great thing. The other thing is that you all could have commercialized the festival and you never did. You wanted to maintain that community well, we, feel. We flirted, well, we flirted with that at different times. Of course, the original founders were totally against that and that was Phil Woods and Ed Bear and, and Rick Chamberlain. And I was like their, I wasn't a founder, but I was standing next to them when they got the idea. And I think I was the first person they turned to and said, so what do you think? It sounds great. You know, give me another beer. At the bar of the bar of the Deerhead, 1978 or 77 or 78. <laughs> but, you know, it's not, like Phil used to say this other thing was like people would talk about, this should pay more and should have like big stars to get more people in there and all that. We can't handle like if, too many people showed up, it would be a disaster. We couldn't handle it. We don't have the space. Plus, you know, there's an egalitarian thing that's really good good for us as musicians to realize that whoever you are, if you're asked to play, then you're in your peer group. You know, you played at CODA. You're in your peer group. You can claim you can claim that, and honestly, it's honestly true, that you were, at that time, you know, equal to a Phil Woods or an Al Cohn or a Bob DeRoe or anyone like that who's like a you know, world-famous successful musician. And uh, I hope to always retain that. I've always, when the subject has come up, I've always held out for the the original, uh, I'm an originalist when it comes to the, the festival. Bill Goodwin, the esteemed jazz drummer and producer, longtime scheduling director at the Celebration of the Arts in Delaware Water Gap. The Celebration of the Arts, Jazz, and Arts Festival is back for 2021, and it will take place this Saturday, September 11th, and Sunday, September 12th, getting underway each day at noon 
and building to a jam session at 9.30 each night. The festival lineup gets underway at the main stage on Saturday with Craig Kastelnik and friends, and on Sunday at noon with Hot Takes Trio, the Hot Takes Trio. For more information, on the web, cotajazz.org, C-O-T-A-Jazz.org. And we're always delighted to be taking part in the media realm with the Celebration of the Arts. George Graham and company will be on the site and recording the performances for later broadcast here on All That Jazz on WVIA Radio.